0: I realized that I was born for a reason with a Japanese lineage and why. And it was to be this powerful woman that I had always thought, you know, I had owned, but now I truly own that and I don't apologize for it. But I really had to understand the feeling of just being different from everyone in the room. Like I always knew I was different and in the Japanese culture, you know, women don't show emotion. Like they're not allowed. You don't show emotion. And so, I, you know, I was raised by my mother and my grandmother, and so I had to understand how I was so different, and, 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 and I was like, oh, well, I was raised by Japanese women, and this is how you're supposed to be as a young lady and act and do. What are you doing
1: to create your dream life or your best self? Why do we see some thrive through challenges while others struggle? Welcome to F it, a podcast where I talk about the main Fs in my life that have helped me in creating my best self, faith family, forgiveness, food, fitness, and formula. Hi, my name is Amy Ledeen, and most would say that I've had my fair share of struggles. Whether it was placing my baby for adoption at 18, facing my marriage ending affair, or battling stage four cancer for almost seven years, it's safe to say that I've been through a lot. Join me as I take you through my story, my journeys, and share with you the tactical strategies every single week that will help you thrive and overcome anything you face. That's right. I'm going to show you how to create a future self that you'll be proud of. So buckle up, get ready for the ride as I take you through my story and bring other guests on that have helped me along the way. So today's podcast guest comes with all sorts of amazing accolades, and honestly, several people you know within my circle had already told me about her. And it was a mutual friend through RIT Syndicate that said you two need to connect. And next thing you know, she she'd reached out and said, "Hey, we need to be friends. We need to know each other." And I was so thrilled that she was willing to come on the podcast. So I want to introduce you to Akemi Sue. Now, when you hear her first name, honestly, you're not going to picture this beautiful blonde haired, you know, woman. Cause I was actually, I was expecting like a little Japanese lady to come. And when I, you know, saw her Instagram and just saw her, I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to hear her story. But Here's the thing. This woman today will blow you away. She is, you know, the Amazon queen. She's done over 2 billion, yes, billion in Amazon sales. And she helps women, you know, figure out that side hustle or their full hustle. And she loves to see people just flourish and have success. I must say that, you know, prior to even recording this episode with her, she had connected me with someone very special to her and it just showed me the heart that Akemi has. So I'm really excited for this episode. It's been a long time coming as we actually recorded this back in December before I moved before my life went upside down um in fact I was really in a in a hard spot that week specifically and she just poured her heart out and I'm so excited that now we are officially in the same state as her and I can't wait to connect more with her I hope you really enjoy this episode and get a lot out of it There we go now we're recording <laughs> <laughs> Yeah it was good yeah well okay so tell me like, I need to know all the things about you because I don't know. I mean, it was funny because when I heard your name at first, I was like, okay, this has to be a, a Japanese lady because I grew up in Hawaii and, um, my, um, ex-husband is half Okinawa in Japanese. And I actually, I took Japanese in high school and that is what gave me, I was working for Tiffany and company. I was their youngest director of, um, their boutique at 18 years old. And it was only because I spoke Japanese. Yeah. So when I saw that, I'm like, okay, I need to know the story behind it, you know, um, because I love your name. It's so beautiful. I'm wondering
0: if we're connected in past lives, um, (laughs) because I had to go through the whole, okay. So I'll tell you. So my mom was actually born and raised in Japan. And my grandmother uh, is full Japanese, so born and raised in Japan as well. And my grandfather met her, you know, during the war and she couldn't speak a lick of English and he couldn't speak a lick of Japanese. And, but he saw her at a restaurant and he was like, she's so beautiful. And he took the translator off of his ship because he was in the Navy and to ask her out on a date. And three months later they were married. And so Akimi means bright and beautiful. It's actually a very popular Japanese name. And, um, yeah. So, but it's interesting and why I said, well, maybe we're connected in past lives. Cause I wanted to really understand why my Japanese lineage, because I had, wow. when I decided to do a deep dive into, you know, who is Akimi and, you know, what are my triggers and my trauma and my issues? Right. I realized that I was born for a reason with a Japanese lineage and why and it was to be this powerful woman that I had always thought you know I had owned but now I truly own that and I don't apologize for it but I really had to understand the feeling of just being different from everyone in the room like I always knew I was different and in the Japanese culture you know women don't show emotion like they're not allowed you don't show emotion in fact when my grandmother passed away two years ago I saw her cry maybe three times in my entire life. You know, that's forty years. I saw her cry, and so, I, you know, I was raised by my mother and my grandmother, and and I'm just like this very. I can be very emotional, and then I can be like no emotions, right? And so I had to understand why I was so different, how I was so different, and 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 I was like, oh, well, I was raised by Japanese women, and this is how you're supposed to be as a young lady and act and do. So totally the cult
1: the culture. So when I worked at Tiffany and Company, it was interesting because you would see the, the couples come in and women even stand, especially the older generation. The women would even stand behind their husband and the and the man would be picking out like jewelry for them and, you know, in a very respectful way. But women didn't have that voice. The younger generation, obviously, coming up, you know, I think some of it. But the Japanese culture is one of my favorites. I mean, my with my ex-husband, my two older kids are, you know, half Japanese. So they love, you know, just... the the traditions and just, I mean, just the culture. It's so, so neat to see it, but um, that's really neat that you, you know, dove into that and, uh, you know, learn about that. I feel
0: like I had to, you know, when I was growing up, I just felt like I was always different from everyone. And I, and it wasn't, it wasn't, I was better than anyone, but nothing like that. I grew up poor in a trailer and my dad was an alcoholic and a drug addict. And, but I still felt, Different. I, I wanted to succeed. Like I knew I was going to do big things in life and I didn't understand why people, when people would want to go do certain things and I wanted to do the opposite. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I just had a lot of moments that I felt different in life besides the fact that I had a name, a Kimmy, growing up in the eighties and the nineties when it wasn't cool to name your kid Apple. Um, and so I was bullied a lot because I had this really unique, you know. Then it was weird, but now everyone thinks it's beautiful. But I was bullied a lot just because of my name, and also mm-hmm. when they found out I was Japanese, I was made fun of. And so I also, as an adult, had to go and work through that type of trauma. That not only did I feel different, I had this different name, and my family looked different, and you know what I mean. And so, so there was a lot of shifting that had to happen with me as an adult to even get to where I could become the best version of me. Uh, cause I had a lot of blocks around a lot of things that had happened.
1: Well, and you made so before we started recording and this is like so good because you know, you hooked me up with this amazing lady and you know, I've learned that trauma really can hold us back. I mean, not just personally, but professionally, mm-hmm. I'm working actually with, um, a doctor right now that he does this, it's called brain, um, mapping, where he's worked with like fortune 500 company execs where if that part of your brain isn't firing, you're not lighting up your creativity. And so he, he talked about how like most people when they have a block financially, even in business, like therapy and trauma therapy can help them, you know, to the other side. So I always find it so fascinating that, you know, you get into these sessions and it ends up being all about you. Like your business growth is all about your own personal blocks and what's holding you back, you know, so
0: yeah, all of it. And so when I, so so Kathy, who is my spiritual teacher, um, I, saw, I saw Amy's Instagram story and I just said, oh my gosh, I need to gift you a session with Kathy. I just felt the calling on my heart to give that to you because I know, I don't know, I just felt God in that moment talk to me and I felt your energy and I know what she's done for my life and how she has shifted so many things for me to where I used to think, that I could never lead women. I used to believe that I was too strong and powerful and bossy and all these things that, you know, I was called in my life. And so I had a block around leading women. And now I have thousands of women that I lead, right? Which is crazy. I mean, you even have a nonprofit that is only for women. I know, I know. And that was, that was want to talk about imposter syndrome showing up to create that. I had that so badly, I, I, I almost didn't launch it because I'm like, who am I to go and launch something to help women? Women don't like me. Women don't relate to me. Women made fun of me in my life for my weird name and, and where I grew up. And I had you know used clothes and it's just, just like all the things would come up in my life. And finally, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm launching it and whatever happens will happen. And so now I'm like, I can't believe that I used to have this block around women will never like me.
1: (laughs) Well, and I think so many of us have that. I know I do. And I think when we have more of these, I mean, I call it alpha, whatever. Some of these, you know, more masculine, I have some masculine energy that I too have told my story that I couldn't be close with girlfriends. You know, I had joined Chris and Lori Harder's Mastermind a couple years ago and I'm like, I am not going to be able to, you know, relate to these ladies. And then like you, I have found that, oh my gosh, there's this whole other side of me that I can still be powerful. And I can still be this alpha, but I can also bring in that feminine side that girls will like me. And so I totally can see that in you because I see you as a powerhouse. I mean, I can't wait till we talk about what you do because you're, you're a powerhouse, but you also show this feminine soft side that is really attractive to me because I'm always, you know, our, our brains always tell us stories, right? And so if we're looking for success and success leaves clues, I'm always looking for other females that are doing it and right. doing it really well. And I know um, we have a mutual friend, Kayla Craft. I remember, I think she had an event last year and you, she has edified you just the crap out of you and how incredibly you are. And I heard your name, you know, in several other circles. So I know the influence that you're having on people. I want to talk about your nonprofit because I am – scheduled for an explant in January. Yes, And I've had, um, I've had breast implants for 17 years. I've had three sets. My last set was actually due to a lumpectomy. So Great. go figure, I end up getting implants put back in. No. And now, I mean, I'm so glad you're bringing the awareness around it, because there are still people that think there's no such thing. So talk to me about why you decided to start this.
0: Yeah. So I got my implants in 2010, fresh off a divorce. And my daughter, I breastfed my daughter. And so, gosh, she was a year old then. And I'm like, mm, never going to find my second husband with these pancake boobs, you know? And so my self worth had been beaten to zero, literally, in being in that marriage and relationship. And um, yeah, so, I, you know, I, w- I did what a lot of women do we go and we get boobs because we're going to mask it and cover up the real issues under the implant. We're just going to put some implants in. Mm -hmm. And so I would say about three or four years after I had them, I started having these weird issues, you know, just like feeling tired all the time. And I'm in my thirties, you know, and I'm I'm brain fog and, and anxiety and stress and, uh, eczema and hair loss and weight gain. And, you know, it was just kind of, I call it a slow death. It wasn't like this moment where I was like on my deathbed, but I just thought, well, this is being a single mom, or this is working hard, or this is, I would just tie it to something else until one day, a friend of mine from high school who knew I had implants and she had implants too, she sends me a message on Facebook and she said, Hey, I just added you to this group about breast implant illness. And I don't know if you are like me and have had any symptoms at all, but I've been really sick and I'm going to get mine out. So I just thought I'd add you in case you ever feel that maybe this is you. And I was like, okay, cool, thanks, right? And this is in 2016. So this is six years after I've had them. So I go into the group and I start looking at all the symptoms, reading all the symptoms. And I went, oh, my gosh, this is what's wrong with my mother. This is what's wrong with my mother. This is why my mother has been sick for 15 years. So I, so I add my mom. I call my mom. Go read, go read, go read, right? <laughs> then my mom calls me and says, oh, my gosh, this is what's wrong with you, <laughs> This is what's wrong with you. Right. And mm-hmm. I went, holy cow, this is what's wrong with me. And so it was one of those moments. Where we were both committed to taking out our implants in 2017. And so I got mine out by the way, in 2017 to get the surgeon I wanted top surgeon in Florida was the six month waiting list just to get into her to X plant. today, three years later, she's on a two-year waiting list to get into X plant just her. Okay. Um, so I got mine out in November, 2017, funny enough on cyber Monday, I was under on cyber Monday, the Amazon was under on cyber Monday, Oh my gosh! that was totally God going. Cause I booked the six month in advance going, are you going to choose your health? Or are you going to choose cyber Monday?
1: Wow. Now, tell
0: me that is not real because how many times do we choose business or other things over our own health? Right. Yes. And so I was like, all right, you know, I'm missing cyber Monday, everything, but life will go on. The world, the internet will go on. And three weeks later, my mom, she explanted and I'll never forget seeing her. As when, when I went to go visit her house, when she had come home, I went and I looked at her and her skin color, like she had come back to life. The Mm. color in her eyes were back. And I just bowled my eyes out. I bowled my eyes out. And I heard in the moment, I'll never forget hugging her And I heard in that moment, like this, this roar, like roar from God that was like, you need to go help women. This is what you're here to do. You know, you need to teach them and get them back to, you know, loving their bodies the way I made them, the way God made them, not the way society, the world, the internet, social media has told us that we need to look in order to be loved. Um, Not even by others, but by ourselves, right? Self-love, self-worth. And so... I called my husband. I remember I was driving from her house and I called my husband and I said, okay, I have no idea what this is going to look like, but go put a hundred thousand dollars into an account. We're going to start a nonprofit. And wow. That's what happened.
1: <laughs> wow. So it's called the Heal is real. Yeah, and real. I love it because I'm still realizing I'm in that group also on Facebook and there's a lot that have, it's grown a ton, but People still don't know. I mean, I had a plastic surgeon just recently basically tell me that I'm crazy and yep. that, you know, this is totally not true and blah, blah, blah. And I was so disappointed, but I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, like oh, it's still not out there. But I know up here in Canada, for example, OHIP, which is their like, you know, their nationwide, you know, um, healthcare, they're now covering explants. Oh, no. Yeah. So, so, like, they're, they're, a few are, but most
0: are. Absolutely not. Right. Listen, plastic surgeons aren't going to tell us that this is real. Are you kidding me? We pay for their Bentleys, we pay for their mansions, we pay for their lifestyle. Do you think they're going to tell us that these implants are actually filled with all these toxins and making us sick? Heck, no. Exactly. Tell us that they're going to be pumping us full of them.
1: (laughs) And I think you know what it really taught me too is that I mean we have to listen to our bodies. We can't just trust. Science, Like I've always just taken, you know, science at, at base value. And then when I got cancer, we're $2 million later into all of my, you know, I think we're like 2.2 million we've spent so far on my healthcare. You wow. realize they're in a business it is a business at the end of the day and um you know when something you can profit from something you don't you don't know and and it, that was covered up obviously with the fda for you know a long time you know i had actually the mentor i don't have the the ones that they've directly correlated with cancer or linked to but i did have mentor you know implants and you know that kind of stuff doesn't get out in the media
0: no and now what's happening with all the the conspiracy theories right? That are happening online. Well, breast implant illness is now filed under conspiracy theories, even though there's millions of women who are now getting them removed and and are saying they're sick. But, you know, if it doesn't go with their agenda, their narrative of how they make money, now they're cutting us off even in sharing videos and content on social media. So we're in a position now that it's getting even harder than ever to get the word out because Mm. they're blocking our groups. Um, The group, yeah, the breast implant illness group Where we were at 2,000 when I joined, we're at over 130,000, but it hasn't grown this entire year because they're blocking, they're blocking. blocking. And so, you know, we have to, women have to come together more than ever. And I have to say, the majority of my donors to my nonprofit are men. Wow. The majority are men and it's men who have daughters or men who have wives and they know, know, you know, what this is doing to women and women's health. And I think, you know, don't get me wrong, there are certainly men out there that want their wives running around with fake boobs and they want them to look a certain way. But what I'm realizing is there's more men that don't. And because we're constantly marketed to with these images of perfect bodies and perfect boobs, especially after having children, we think that's how we're supposed to look in order to be attractive to our partner or to feel loved. And what I'm finding just in starting this nonprofit is that's not true at all. These men actually want us to be healthy and happy, right? Happy wife, happy life. Yes. So, so it's just, it's just really been a crazy, we all know it's been a crazy year. It's even crazier when you look at the way they are really trying to block information regarding anything that has to do with health and the way they want us to live our lives, not the way we know that things are wrong and things are going wrong. 100%
1: it's kind of, it's a scary time. You know, I, I feel that way because I'm like, man, they suppress so much. You have to really go digging for say like, you know, medical journal studies that then gets put on Facebook that it's, you know, not, it's a fact check. And I'm like, wait, I'm like, it's, it's a medical journal study. I'm not understanding this. And if you are someone that takes things at face value right now, you're living in massive fear. Like you're living in. Like, if you're watching mainstream media, and I know some people probably listening are like, what, it's not real? Like, you are living in fear. And I always want to ask, why do they want you to live in fear? I mean, if they're here to to help us and inform us, why would we not be showing not just the the amount of cases, let's say, in COVID, but, like, the death rate? You know, in Canada right now, they just came out with a new stat that our our total death overall rate is actually lower in 2020 than 2019. Yeah. So the
0: overall, is. yeah, it is. But they're not going to talk about that, right? No, oh, no. There's no channel called Good News. I mean, there's just not. And, and that's just. Oh. I don't watch the news. I don't have cable. Um, I don't have any I alerts either. on my phone. I don't really care what they say. If there's anything I've learned in this life, especially getting sick, is you have to take your health care into your own hands and do your own research. And the more you, you do your research, the more you realize how real all of this is. And it's not even just, you know, breast implant illness, it's the fear of COVID. And I'm not saying COVID isn't real. It's hundred percent real, but they're, they're putting so much fear into us that people, you know, there's more people committing suicide than are dying of COVID. And it's just, it's just a separation tactic for so many. And, you know, all I care about at this point in my life is how can, how can I be significant in helping others, and loving on others and and perfectly imperfect strangers that I can care for, because that's what we all need to come together and do. And so I'm proud of you, by the way, in taking charge of your own health and getting your implants out. It's it's a big deal because it does tie to our identity and when we see ourselves in the mirror and imagining what we're going to look like without implants and What if my partner is not attracted to me? What if I don't even want to be naked in front of them? I mean, all these thoughts are real. So I'm really proud of you for choosing your health because that's what you're doing, right? You're choosing your health and you're choosing your future and you're choosing not to live in fear any longer. Um, and not knowing if your breast implants are making you sick or not. Cause that's right.
1: fear as well. <laughs> that's just it. Not knowing. And, and I, yeah. you know, I have an 18 year old and yeah. I got my breast implants when she was like three years old. It was right after I'd, I'd lost a hundred pounds and, you know, I was feeling like I wasn't sexy, which I find funny. Why did I have to define sexy as having big boobs? Like that's a question in itself. Right. Yeah. And so I just did what I thought I should do. And then I, I had, had them replaced maybe like 10 years later and, Fast forward to now, I had listened to a friend on a podcast with, you know, she got hers removed and I saw the visual difference. I had been working with her with her nutrition stuff and she was her body wasn't responding like, you know, she had all sorts of thyroid and autoimmune issues. And and it was like she was puffy and post surgery. I mean, you couldn't deny that her body had been fighting those implants for so many years. Right. So I knew it was something I wanted to do. And I, you know, I'm really blessed that, you know, my husband's like, they're overrated anyways. You know, he's like, honestly, I like the athletic looks. I go, well, you're going to get the athletic look. There's going to be nothing there, you know, but same thing. He was like, you know, I think that's just society pushing it there. And, you know, and it's sad that it's still, you know, I mean, it's out there. I think it's getting better. I mean, my 18 year old, like she was really surprised when I told her that I had implants, you know, she, she knew she goes, I always wondered mom, because when I
0: hug you, it's so hard. <laughs> and you know. uh, but to her, Right. I enjoy rolling over and not having those hard things. I'm telling
1: you. Oh, I can't wait. And she, and she had oh, said, yeah. she goes, you know, we live in a different generation. She goes, mom, I just think it's crazy that, you know, cause I'm like, well, Amy, I mean, all my friends had them. So it was pretty normal in my circle. Right. And she's like, yeah. whereas to her, she thinks it's, so she goes to me, it just seems common sense that it wouldn't be healthy. You're putting a foreign object in your body. And I'm
0: like, yeah, we know now (laughs) my daughter who's 11, who's constantly teaching me now. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things with this is not our daughters, you know, that's like one of our hashtags in our mission. So my daughter has seen me with scars, you know, I have scars where I removed my implants and it's just a constant reminder. And she's heard me on calls. She's heard me. With strangers being connected to me, and I'm in the car with her, and I'm, and this woman's crying of how sick she is, and she's tried everything, and she spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical bills, and no one's ever told her to consider her implants. And could this mm-hmm. really be real? And she, you know, just just so much she's heard, and so she even knows, you know, you no. Know, and her stepmom, it's funny, my daughter's stepmom has them, and she's like. Oh. I'm just looking for symptoms of her mom. Like I'm just waiting. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: Speaking of your
1: daughter, so I'm a big, you know, our, we, we say our motto in our house is behaviors are caught, not taught that you can teach your kids everything, but what they're really going to follow is what you do. And the modeling is so powerful because even in that, you know, young age, when they're very malleable, it's like, it's, it's not what you teach. They just see the mannerisms. And I find that so fascinating. Well, I was watching your stories the other day and I saw your daughter was at UPW for Tony Robbins. And I just was like, I mean, one, I think that's incredible because our children do become who we are. And I think it's so amazing that, I mean, I wish at 11, if I would have had that kind of belief in myself and just the ability to do, you know, have the access to these types of things. Like as soon as I saw that, I said to Eric, I go, we're signing Alyssa up. I didn't even think about having her attend that, you know, why not? Because you're never really too young to learn personal development. So tell me about her, like, I just think it's so neat. What did she think of it?
0: Yeah. So well, she loved it. I mean, she's used to that kind of stuff in my house. You know, we listen to his podcast, Tony and Ed My and, you know, just really, really motivational stuff. And she's been, you know, she's, she's been around this for a while. And so I committed, I want to say it was June of this year when he had his last virtual event. And I went, you know what? We're going to commit as a family to do this because it's virtual and it's in our living room. And so, um, so it was me and my husband, my daughter, my assistant, and uh, my adopted son from Sri Lanka, Miffy. And it was in the calendar. We committed to 15 hours a day. It was going to be whatever we thought it's going to be. So if we said it's going to be amazing, and we're not even going to notice it was 15 hours, we're going to get through it and it's going to be awesome. Right. So I got little mini, you know, $40 trampolines and called in the charcuterie boards and Costco food. And we just went at it. And I have to tell you, it was so powerful watching my daughter truly learn about getting into peak state. And then on the second day, rallying us to get into peak state. Wow. Powerful, right? So that happened. And then the other thing that happened was they broke us out into small rooms And so, you know, you just in the Zoom, you kind of separate into small rooms. And so, we decided, all right, since we're a family, we're just going to take turns when they do breakouts of who will speak. She got up and spoke in the small group with adults and shared her 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 limiting beliefs. She shared her limiting beliefs, and I was just bawling like a baby because. We talk to our kids about a lot of things and we we hope we have open communication and you can come to mommy about anything and we will get through it together, you know, all this stuff. But to sit there and, and hear her say that she's she's breaking through the limiting belief and judgment of others at 11 years wow. old, that she was already feeling that. And that was when that night she broke the board. So she wrote out on yes. the board her limiting belief of that um, and the fear of not being good enough. Wow. wow. At 11. Right. And so she broke through that. And that's when the second day I saw a whole new Kira. I mean, she was fearless. She was let's go guys. She was leading. She was motivating. And so I would recommend this to anyone, anyone to do this with their children. It doesn't matter the age um, they will get, you know, they will get so much out of this. And then exactly what you said, like they're watching us and how you show up for your children matters. And so she's watching all of us. Number one, stay committed to a four day commitment of 15 yes. hour days. Like you keep the promises you make to yourself. And so no matter what, you know, of course somebody was trying to back out in the end, I'm like, no, we're not backing out. I will drag you out of bed. We're going to do this, you know? And then right. in the end, I was so proud that we stay committed and as a family and as a team. So it was just incredible and um and even the health stuff you know the, the last day is health and i'll say mm-hmm. she wrote in her book she's committed to eating healthier she's committed to that. not having so much sugar even though I, you know we tell our kids don't eat so much sugar and then there's this this voice that says but let them be kids you know let them have some sugar right right be committed i didn't ask her to do this right so so this wasn't mom or dad telling them they committed and they wrote down in their their journal and their book and their experience, and they get to look back on that and say, totally. I did this at 11. So it was, it was a lot of, of, I would say, of course, empowering for her. But as a mother, I was like, yeah, just like you, Like, what would my life have been like if I started this type of work at 11?
1: Yeah. And I think we don't, you know, like you mentioning some of her limiting beliefs. I think so many parents don't realize our children, they have a lot of challenges in this day and age and a lot of pressures on them. Like hearing 11 year olds already having those, you know, challenges and and fears and worries just shows us they need this kind of stuff even more, you know, And it doesn't matter what age, you know, our kids did, um, Caleb Maddox, he's a 16 year old, you know, um, we did, they did his apex thing and they were these little rubber bands, um, that, they snap themselves if they blame or shame each other. And what I've loved to see is, you know, children take things really literally and in a, and it's the best blessing, like it can be a blessing and a curse, but it's great when it comes to personal development, because like my, my nine-year-old, she actually believes to the core that if she believes in herself, she can do anything. Like she actually, like, she's like, that's a statement. That's not a question. And they, you know, like, for example, they learn the power of words and how, you know, negative self-talk is, so damaging. And so we were out playing soccer one day and this is like in the middle of them doing this course and Christian hits the, he misses the goal and he goes, oh my gosh, he goes, I'm so stupid. And his two sisters, Kamele, Leilani and Alyssa run over to him and they go, Christian, don't talk bad to yourself. You must say five, but you know, they were like, they were so upset because they take it literally that you know, this is damaging to yourself. And I just loved it because I'm like, man, you know, knowing that at that age, I mean, they see it as a formula hey, if I believe in myself, I work hard for it. You know, my kids are creating a little personal development course right now, and they're like, hey, if we just put in the work. And, and and believe in ourselves and offer a good product because, you know, Caleb teaches a lot about selling and, you know, going door to door and you got to ask for it and don't be afraid of a rejection. And it's, it's been fun to see them be so fearless. I'm like, man, they they went over to our neighbor's house and you know, they had no fear at all. And I just think, man, if if more of us could, you know, have our children around it because they they need it they they need it more than ever in this society where there's social media just already at such a young age is already putting a lot of pressure on them
0: well and not only that how about the mask our kids are masked at school my daughter is at home with me but half of her friends are all back at school and they're masked and so not only do they live with all of this pressure now you're masking our children and you know, Kira was going into sixth grade, so she was leaving elementary school, and this year, and going into sixth grade. And I made the de- the, the decision to keep her home because middle school is hard enough,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I didn't want her going into sixth grade wearing a mask for seven, eight hours a day. Um, when I saw the way the kids would be six feet apart, staring at each other in a mask all day, not allowed to collaborate, not allowed to ask questions, uh, no freaking way am I putting her in that environment. And so, what's interesting. Is so, you know, they went back to school in August. And so now, you know, we have to decide for January. And I wanted her to make sure that she knew that she was included in my decision and I wanted her voice to matter. So I sat her down and I said, listen, you know, I need to send in if you'd like to go back to school or if you'd like to do e learning. And I just sat in silence. I didn't give her my opinion. And she said, you know, mom, I really don't want to be in a mask all day for seven, eight hours a day. And I've talked to my friends that are going to school. And they just said, it's weird. Like people don't even know what their face looks like. People don't know if they're smiling or laughing at you or making mean faces. Like it's just weird. And I've taken it all in and I've decided I also enjoy being in my pajamas and waking up 10 minutes before school starts sometimes because I stayed up watching a Hallmark movie too late, like just being cute about it. And I said, okay, if that's your choice, that's your choice. And so it's interesting too, when we allow our children to really process things And make those decisions. She sees it and she feels it. um, And she's not, she's not willing to go just to go to feel like she's not missing like FOMO, right? Because there was a lot of FOMO moments, I would say that she was worried about. And then when she realized the freedom she has at her own house, she's not interested anymore.
1: I love that. Well, our kids are coming home and there's, they, they, they went, they decided to go back. We really wanted them to stay home too. We let them have the choice mm-hmm. because we're like, listen, if you guys want to go, cause we really didn't agree with the mask all day. And I just didn't even like what it symbolizes. And I, I really was hoping I could just chunk this year out for my kids and be like, then they wouldn't have to experience it. I mean, we've told people that come over. You, we're not doing play dates if you're making the kids wear masks. I will not allow my children to be playing with masks. I don't want them to see that as a normal thing. And so we've talked to them and they're going to come home at the break and, and stay home. They don't want to go back. And, you know, we wanted them to be a part of that and li- listen to them. And, you know, the fear at school, there's every teacher gets to bring their own and their own beliefs. And that was always our worry from the get go was I didn't want a teacher pushing their fear. I mean, you know, Christian has a teacher that puts the yardstick out and actually measures
0: the distance
1: when they're sitting at the carpet. And, you know, you know, my youngest Leilani showed me a video from school, they were in class, it it depressed me. Like, as soon as I saw it, I went, oh my gosh, I do not want you here doing this. This is awful. Like, I mean, they're so separated and they've just got these little masks on. And, you know, I'm like you where I'm like, and now my kids are seeing same thing. We can get up a little bit later. And when they were home this last year, I turned their school into, like I picked their own schedule and they started doing personal development every day for an hour. And they had way more free time. They got their work done for school. Like they don't need to be in school six and a half hours, you know, like, they can get it done. We we also realize how much busy work teachers give. Oh, and so we kind of, we took it upon ourselves. We told our kids, we're like, listen, Right now, at this time in your life, it's really about you learning study habits. It's not about what you're learning. And right. so we really praise like the study effort. Like, sure, the grades will come with it too, but I would be upset if you got A's and didn't ever have any good practice of study habits versus the person that every night, like my kids chunk their test studying and they're like, I'm going to chunk it out. I'm like, I don't care what you get on it because you know, what? when you get older, that's what you're really needing to learn in school is study habits. You know,
0: we're so much alike. I'm the same. (laughs) I am the same. I mean, yeah, listen, if it were up to me, I, I would be unschooling her and teaching her. Um, but you know, her dad has to agree on this. So I'm still working on him though, but yeah, I totally agree with everything you just said. And for us, you know, it's a choice and that's the beauty, right? And, and for me, it's continuing to give these children a choice and us as parents a choice. And so I'm happy there's a choice, right? I love that. And you got to do what's best for you and your children. And, and I, that's what I tell all my friends, you know, I'm not here to judge you. This was my choice. This is why I decided to keep my daughter home. If you send your kids back. That's your choice, and it's for your own reasons. And honestly, it's none of my business why you decide to do that. Right? It's, right. Like it's really none of your business why I decide. And I honestly, I don't need to even share with you all the reasons why. You know, I just shared one, but of course, there's more reasons. But when we just decide to show up neutral to everyone, and and just love everybody for who they are and where they at, and whatever choices they make, that's just how I'm showing up, and that's how I want to be the change in this world especially after this year and moving into 2021 like those are the things that matter to me well let's talk about that because you are the
1: amazon queen and i know that you you post a lot about helping women find this like side hustle so tell me how you got into this because you've had i mean what two billion in sales like tell me
0: how much you've done because it's crazy (laughs) yeah so gosh um i got into amazon in 2015 by complete accident, of course. Um, And it, gosh, it was January of 2015. I was doing influencer marketing at the time. My blog was Mommy Guru. I had dove head into the mom space as a single mom and was doing just influencer campaigns um, and social media work online. And in the same week, I got referred three Amazon sellers. And I'm like, what the heck is an Amazon seller? Like, I don't even know what an Amazon seller is. And so... One of them happened to live in Tampa and he invited me to come to his office and kind of show me what he does. Um, in, and he wanted help on social media. And so when I showed up, of course, there was a woman in the corner doing all the work. Um, and and he was, like, he was like, okay, so this is what I sell. I sell bike lights and I make millions of dollars a year. And I went, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, I created a private label brand of bike lights and shows me the packaging and everything. And yeah, made three million dollars this year. And so going into 2015, I want to learn, you know, what to do off Amazon. I have no idea because it's not in the course I took. And so he goes, Listen, if you, if you'll work with me, I'll give you, I'll help you get a speaking spot at this Amazon seller conference that we're having in South Florida. You should pick up a couple clients, you know, getting a speaking spot. I'm like, all right, fine, you know, what's it gonna hurt? So I go down to this um, this Amazon seller conference and I have a 30-minute speaking spot. And I go on live and I show them the power of influencers live, where they're retreating and we po- reposting and doing all the work. And I walked out of there with 200 new clients. I literally had a line of 200 new clients. And so I dove in headfirst on really figuring out how to help not only the market off Amazon, but I wanted to know how to market on Amazon, right? Because I saw the future. I saw the future and I saw that people were going to be shopping online and ordering everything. And so. Yeah. That's how my agency was born. And from that moment on, I built an eight-figure agency completely through word of mouth, never spent a dollar marketing Uh myself. And it was because I I truly dove into the Amazon platform and I figured out how to get your product to the top of search on page one. And so we've done over 36,000 keywords and products to page one. And you know it's interesting because people think there's got to be some crazy hacks or there's a new thing that works. And no, the same stuff I did six years ago still works today. And so my agency you know, grew massively, thousands and thousands of clients. I actually became in 2017 in doing this, having my own brands, building this eight figure agency, I became CMO of a Google back company out of New York. So then I was going to New York every single week where I grew them from 10 million to hundred million run rate in 12 months. So I was doing all of this. And, um, in 2018, my grandmother got sick and she ended up passing away. But while she was in the hospital, I just had that moment where I realized that I'm just, I have no boundaries. I mean, I'm just crazy working. And while I love to serve people, it's time for me to, to have some boundaries. You know, I'm sitting in the hospital with my grandmother, And people are going, oh, my, my account got shut down. My, this got shut down. This happened to me. And so I went, I walked out at lunch one day and I changed my phone number and I never looked back. And, um, and, and then like a Kimmy, like 4.0 was born at that moment. (laughs) And so, 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 you know, I had this crazy Amazon journey, which, you know, I still have this amazing agency and I get literally referrals daily and I still have never ran a dollar in marketing. And I'm really so proud of that. And it's been incredible. And now I've shifted into, well, how do I empower women to build an e-commerce brand? Because when I look back at what I built, 99.99% of my clients are men, which is amazing. And I love them all. And they're, so many of them and their families are like family to me now. But I just realized there wasn't anyone leading women to e-com. There wasn't anyone showing women the way. And so this huge shift happened to me then where I'm like, okay, how am I going to show women the way? And that was another big, just pivotal moment in my life from, okay, cool. I'm the Amazon queen, but how do I go to really empowering women to be rich from e-com, you know, rich in e-com because e-commerce has grown by 10 years in just the last three months, just the last three months. So how do I do that? And so that's, that's really what I've been focusing on this year. That's amazing.
1: And you know what? I mean, realizing now that you were a single mom when you did all that. So that's another thing we have in common. I, I was going through my divorce when I pivoted and went online completely with coaching, like you never spent a penny um built that to about five hundred fifty thousand, you know through one-to-one coaching you know scaling with other coaches there too but really you know i mean i would have loved to know someone like you back then because we do need to see that other people can do this you can be i mean i was in the middle i was actually pregnant and divorced with two other babies you know two other kids at home and you can you can make it happen and now with everything online it's the the possibility is there. I think people just are not aware of it. So tell me a little bit, how, how would that work for someone? If someone's listening right now and they're like, I need, I need her in my life. Like what, what do I need to do? Where do I start?
0: Yeah. So, so what I basically created this year is I call it an e-commerce business in a box. And it's funny how God works. When I set this intention with my team that everything I had to build your own private label brand, because see what I focus on is a private label brand. So for example, my first products were washcloth. So if I packaged a six-pack of washcloth and called them, you know, a Kimmy's washcloth, I could sell that someday for millions of dollars if I build it up as a private label brand, right? Just how you hear about other companies that get acquired. They're just private label brand, right? It's right. this bottle of water is a private label brand, which could get acquired, right? Right. And so that costs thousands and thousands of dollars. It's it's not cheap to do. And what I sought out and my team were seeking is, okay, how do we create this e-commerce business in a box that actually women could plug into that isn't crazy expensive, they could also sell it. Because that's me. I only focus on businesses that I could uh, sell, right? And could get acquired. And as God would have it, um, I got connected with a guy named Justin and he had been in direct sales for 15 years. And he, we had like a connection call and it's funny, the first call we just talked, you know, he asked questions about me and he's like, Oh, you know what? I have to run. I have another call. So we'll get caught back up. I'd like to chat more about this messenger marketing thing you're doing with e So a month goes by and I guess he comes back in my assistant schedules a call and we get on the call and he's like, okay, okay. You know what? I thought about it. I really want to set up this messenger marketing, you know, to get sales leads for my team. And I said, cool. So I don't really even know what you're doing. Can you just walk me through what you're doing? And so when he tells me what he's doing, he's like, he's like, okay, so we are an entire live clean model. So all our products are clean. And um, we have three apps for people to work from. So, you know, there's the products app, there's the payment app, and there's the information app. And, you know, you plug into these systems basically, and, you know, you can start selling that day and we pay people twice a day. And I went... What? (laughs) And I'm like, what kind of money do you pay them? And he's like, oh, we pay like 36% commissions. And I went, you can't even make that money on Amazon, Amy. Like, that's crazy. Right. So that's how that happened. That is the true story of how I plugged into an already there system that is off Amazon that's a business in a box for women to get started because I saw the whole like, I saw the barrier to entry for women to come into Amazon mm-hmm. because of the money. And I wanted to serve women where they're at. And my inbox was flooded with women who had lost their jobs to COVID. Uh, they had to leave their jobs because they now had to homeschool their kids. And they wanted to to, to make money from their phone, right? And they wanted to do, to do e-com, but they didn't have the money to do all that. And so that's that's actually what happened this year. Uh, That unfolded. That was not my plan. That was totally God's plan. And I have to tell you, the first month we launched, 270 women, $269,000 in sales. Wow. Yes. In the first month, which was like my silent beta test. Okay. This was my silent, just, hey, tell your friends kind of a thing beta test. So that is not what I expected. And But I knew when I heard what he, he had already created that I was going to do that. And so God, you know, it's God's plan.
1: (laughs) And what perfect timing, you know, with COVID we, we too, when, when COVID hit, you know, our, our coach, he was, it was Chris Harder at the time. He said, listen. You need to just accept that like this is happening and now have a new mission of like, what can we do to give back? Right. What can I do? Like, you know, you were looking for something to meet them where they were. So we actually did a free program. We said, no strings attached. You don't have to ask for an email, nothing. We're going to give you a training program for free and we're going to do it as a community together. Well, from that, we ended up seeing that we actually really loved instead of the one-to-one model, it was like, we could teach like at a bigger, you know, and really have a good, you know, impact in that way ended up pivoting even from that more later this year and we're about to five X all from wow and in but in five X in a way that it's like super really like we're giving back. Like these people are actually like take my money, which is even more exciting than like you said, you don't have to have this big barrier of entry. And now you really get to see these ladies immediately make some money.
0: And I think what happened for me this year and I want to share this because even for me, and I've had crazy success, right? But I'm just getting started, by the way. (laughs) I just felt like when I really truly set my intention, that my intention was I want to help women build an e-commerce business from their phones or laptop while in the craziness. And I knew exactly who I was serving, right? And I just set that intention. The entire universe moves for you. God moves for you. He hears you. I can't say that enough because the people who have shown up are not coincidental. They are not by accident. Every day I'm telling my husband about the random phone calls I'm getting, the inboxes, the people finding me in my agency. The stuff I'm getting is not by accident. It's purely because I set an intention of who I was going to serve and how I was going to show up for others. And the money always comes. It does. Money always comes. Like when I did that in the first month of beta without even really like just testing it out, I went, I look at the month and I'm like, okay, what are we going to do this month when I actually like really turn this on, you know? And so, so I just want people to understand it doesn't matter where you're at, what you've done. If you decide today that you are going to shift your intention of, of whatever it is, and you're very clear on who you're serving and you are clear on that every day. The entire world, God will sh- show up for you. The universe will shift for you. And your the biggest dreams will happen that way. Because yes. I am so in shock since I decided to do this. And again, it was a block with me, even with women. And I know we talked about that earlier. But I'm just in awe and just, wow, he's amazing. Like, look at this. Look at this. Yes. I couldn't even imagine it this, this great. And I can't even imagine the lives that I'm going to change this month and the next month and the momentum that I'm creating, even with these women who've never sold a product in their life online. Okay. They've never sold. I had a nurse who made her what she makes in a week as a nurse over the weekend. Wow. You know what I mean? And so, and so that to me is powerful. You know, that's the power. That's why I shifted my personal energy and focus because I just realized that there's no women leading women into e-com, into a model that truly can work, that they can truly make money where they don't have to sign up their cousin, their grandmother, everyone to be successful. Okay, That they could just go get customers just like Amazon, an Amazon seller would on Amazon and make money. That, to me, is the simple formula. And yes. so... And so I I was actually telling my husband the other day, I said, well, you know, Amazon is 50% of internet sales and now I'm going to go get the 50 other. Yes, (laughs) yes. And you're essentially helping.
1: I mean, it's made me see that you can still help small business through Amazon because it is people that have these stores. And I think that's one thing like before everybody goes and craps on Amazon all the time, you can choose who you're purchasing from. You can choose. And you, I mean, I know people that, you know, have their whole business on Amazon. So, you know, boycotting that is not necessarily the answer because there are so many now that have these, these stores and, and now you're going to take the other 50. I have no doubt that you will, because I just know when you, again, you set your intention. And like you said, I mean, God shows you that, like, I wish people would realize that, man, if you have the right heart behind it, like and, and me and my husband talked about it when we just, cause we completely stopped our model of 17 years. We've been one-to-one coaches with us. You know, we've made seven figures for over seven years and we decided this is the year of give back. We said, let's flip our model. We've always charged 500 a month and plus, and we're now charging 50. We created a university and we're like, this is so rewarding because, and, and, and you know what? it we've dominated like it's ended up way bigger than our one-to-one you know and i'm like wow go figure we really had the right heart we really wanted to serve people and really just like people that had followed us for so many years that couldn't afford it it felt so good you know like my husband's like this is fun
0: yes and here's the thing right my as my friend marshawn says you know this is the year of believing bigger and not only that it's actually the decade of believing bigger and it's also This is a decade of a new way, new decade, new way. And I think for a lot of us, there's so much that's happened this year. And yes, we've been rattled, but it was supposed to be this way because look at all of us who are shifting into complete alignment of what we're here to do. And that's the biggest thing, right? Is really shifting out of who you've become to who you're, who you're born to be, who you're supposed to be in this life. And so for me, I've just realized personally this year and really helping women and not just with my nonprofit, but even getting into e-com. Wow. I had this block with women for a reason because this was, can I clear this block to really go and step into what I was born to be here to do. And once you do that, the freedom and like the, I jump out of bed every day and it's, and I don't want you to think I knew that when I was just solely focused on Amazon because heck yeah, I did. I mean, I serve thousands of small businesses and watch their entire lives change and their children's lives. And it was so incredible, the impact. And I I'm so proud of myself for showing up in that way, but I just decided I'm going to serve in a different way and there's power in that. And when you decide to do that, it's. It's just, I don't know, there's just so much joy and happiness and, and it's so rewarding for me. You know, I always say giving is living and there's just so much reward, even more, I think, this year in giving than I've ever felt because so many people need it. And, you know, I mean, again, you
1: I try to align myself around people that I always see a common thread generosity is a must that, you know, I've always said to people, your hand has to be open, giving, giving, or else it's not open to receive. Like if you don't have that open to give, then how do you expect to get anything returned? So it is always about that generosity and, and and just seeing the bigger picture in that and knowing that it will come if I do the right things versus that scarcity, you know, I mean, I didn't even know you and you, you gifted me something that was incredible, you know, like, and, and, and that is it goes tenfold, you know, and you didn't even do it for that reason. And that's even more powerful, right? Is that's just your generous heart. And, you know, that's something that I'm always trying to teach our children. You know, we keep money in our glove box because we're like, it doesn't, you know, the homeless person, it doesn't matter what they're going to do with it. It's your heart behind it and that you want to give. And you're also telling God that, you know, there's more coming. Like you always know that there's more coming and, you know, and just to point out what you said, this was meant to happen. Yeah. If you believe God's in control, then, you know, he's basically saying, you know, in March, it's time to slow down because we all got locked down. Let's face it. And I know for me, I saw so many blessings, had more time with my teenage daughter than I'd ever had. You know, like I I say that COVID has been the biggest blessing for our family.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Girl, I started a, a garden. I, I'm a gardener now. I mean... I would have never started. Are you kidding me? A garden. And now I have, I have three hydro. I'm like, Oh, I can't have just one. I need three hydroponic gardens and I'm growing all my own vegetables and herbs and lettuce. And just even just that alone is a bonding time with my daughter. We go out and check the garden every morning and just that kind of stuff that I would have never slowed down to do. I would have Mm -hmm. never slowed down to do it. And I changed my I changed my spare bedroom um, into a meditation room. I was like, eh, no one's coming to visit. We're going to have a meditation room now. Oh, so I bought all these salt lamps and I got this mat. And so I have a meditation room, which has been an incredible blessing for my daughter and I. We do meditations together. We stretch together. Blessing, right? Yeah. Now like, you know, I've always wanted to learn piano. Bought a piano, blessing. Now I have a, I have, we have like neighbors over and we do a, um, we get a guy from like who a piano bar and he comes and we have our own like piano night at our house. And the kids, we did it last week before Thanksgiving and the kids all did Christmas songs. And I'm just like, I just feel like we slow down and we're living more. At least I am. I am. I am. I'm in the hustle and the bustle. And did you feel like this too? Did you feel like the seed you planted years ago, you're just reaping the harvest this year?
1: one thousand percent we were like man how i mean it was it's been i mean we're not i'm not gonna lie it's been a windfall for us like my husband's like is god just giving us like all of our dreams come true because in the last month i mean we're moving to florida for example we're leaving canada yes in fact this is probably the first time on my podcast people will hear this um we're
0: moving to palm city yeah and um I know. That's why I'm like, I've got to talk to you after about this. But yeah, I want you to come to Tampa because mama needs a new girlfriend.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we ended up. We ended up, I mean, it was just by, it's crazy because I'm American and Eric's Canadian. And I think we thought we would always stay here due to everything happening with COVID. We, it's opened our eyes to like, what do we want? Who do we want to be around? Where do we want to live? Like, what kind of freedoms do we want to have? And since we do have that luxury, thank goodness too, you know, I am American. We can go back because I brought my kids up here. Okay. um, we're moving to Florida. And the cool thing is the first place that we ended up finding, it's actually a compound of three homes. So my ex-husband, because we're, we have a very, you know, unique, um, he's our, he's my podcast editor. For example, he'll be listening to this hey. um, with three. Yeah, exactly. We have three homes. So he can live on property for a while until they get theirs. And my, and Eric's ex-wife as well. So we're all going to be together, you know, on now the same you're
0: gonna property. Have a
1: Yes, see, some warm weather, but it's been. I mean, I, I said to Eric, I'm like, you know, God is truly showing us, He's giving us, and it's all been due to us just giving back. It's been so rewarding. I'm like, how crazy is this? Because now we're even bringing on new coaches to make money within our brand. You know, like Eric's like, we're going to be able to have tens more people come on, and that's empowering. It's so much fun to see other people, you know, make money and stay home and make money. I mean,
0: you know, yeah. yeah. And I think too, like, what you're creating, what I'm creating, people need community more than ever. I mean, they need community and connection. I also believe that we've realized who's really toxic in our lives. You know, this is this is shown really toxic uh, traits of people that are in our yes. lives or whether they're friends or family or neighbors, whoever. Right. And um, I think people are just ready for like minded community connection and and also just opportunity I think this year has really opened people's eyes to, wow, I could work from home and still see my kids and I don't have to do that commute or I'm in the car for two or three hours a day and I don't have to, you know, go buy all these suits. I can sit at home and, and work in my leggings. And, and so it's really also, I think, opened a lot of people's eyes to where they could go instead of what they were doing.
1: Yeah. Well, my daughter, she's not going to college. And that was at first, like I was, you know, cause she's graduated during COVID, so she didn't even have a graduation and she just was gonna take the next step, right? Well, due to COVID, we got locked down. She starts spending all the time in our brand and learning. And so she's actually gonna go to a school. It's not, you know, college. And she's coming into the brand. And I'm like, love I love it. I'm like, you don't have to have that. That's you know, you don't have to go if you don't want to go. You can follow the dream that and she was just afraid. She thought we were gonna be disappointed in her. She's like, I want to do what you're doing. And I'm like, honey I'm so proud of you for saying no to that because so many people go down the path they don't want, you know? So,
0: well, what they, they're told they're supposed to do, right? I, exactly. I, you know, we all, I feel like we all probably did that. And this is the generation that it's the unschooling. It's the, you know, you can learn any skill on YouTube or take a course. And the world is literally one click away to learn something new, which so we true. didn't have. I didn't have that. You know, when I was younger, I went to college for a year. I got a degree at the University of Florida. And that that was my dream as a child. That was my dream as a child to go there. And then I did it. And now I'm like, I don't even use that degree. I have amazing friendships, like incredible friendships. But I mean, not. I don't, most of us don't use those degrees, you know? So I think, and if she ever, by the way, wants to learn e-com, I am happy I to help will her. <laughs> Um, but that's amazing. And I'm so excited for you guys coming to Florida. Now I, I know, know we'll t- when we get done with this, um, I need to know how far away you are from me.
1: <laughs> I will. I will tell you. Well, Kimi, this has been incredible. I'm so thankful. I mean, I know you're a busy lady. And just the fact that, I mean, you have been so like, just a very friendly person in in an industry where there's a lot of success and people aren't as friendly. And so I appreciate that. I love that you reached out and you're showing me even through this interview, like, man, you've got this feminine side that I I want to step more into that because I do want to influence more females around me because it's so rewarding. You know, we've both been there. I've been that single mom too. And how cool to see someone, you know, be able to support their family and not worry about needing that extra, you know, support. So well, you've influenced
0: me. I mean, you are just unbelievable. First of all, you're gorgeous. And inside and out, I don't, I don't just mean that on the outside, like you're just a gorgeous soul. And I could feel, I could feel your energy and your stories just like radiating out. And you're just like, so, and I just saw this like angelic in you. Um, And I'm sure Kathy will, will tell you like, I'm big on energy. And um, I think it's fun now we're both, we both have Kathy. I know. Now. And that that, that to be another podcast we should follow up with is Kathy and our lives and the shifts that we've seen. Um, But you are just, uh, you are empowering so many women. And it's funny, it's funny how you know, I see you as feminine. Isn't that interesting? And you're like, I want to be more feminine. I'm like, but I see you as feminine. And the stories we tell ourselves are the most powerful stories ever told, right? And, and that's it. And the yin and the yang and all that, I mean, it's a constant balance, especially when you're in business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you feel, do I go, am I heavy in my masculine today? Am I heavy in my feminine today? But I just want to tell you, you are just such a beautiful soul. And I'm just proud of everything you're doing. And you're raising the most incredible children. So, you know, thank you for everything you're doing because the world needs more people like you showing up every day, no matter what.
1: Well, thank you for coming on. Listen, how does someone find you? Because I know people are going to be like, "I, I need her in my life. Where are you? What's your social media platform that you love the most?
0: So that I love the most. Oh, I don't have one. Is that weird? Um you can find me everywhere at Akimisu, a k e m i s u e and my amazon agency is love and launch loveandlaunch.com and um yeah and my uh my nonprofit is the I will definitely be sharing that um and I'll put this all in the show
1: notes and thank you so much again for coming on. Oh you're welcome this was awesome. Okay another episode in the books and I'll tell you what I am loving this podcasting gig. I cannot thank you enough for all of the reviews, for the comments that you've been sending me. It gives me an idea of more of what you want to hear. And my one ask here is this. I would love it if you would screenshot this or hit the copy link and share this with people you think would benefit from hearing from me. It's the way I'm going to get my message out, my vision out, and I would so much appreciate it. I will continue to bring episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays with bonus ones on Saturdays with my husband, and I'm excited to share them with you.